0: Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. So if, uh, if you haven't known, this, uh, this past month we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer uh, as a guide for us into how we're to pray. And so we, we have called this series Harp and Bowl," and we're borrowing that uh, from Revelation uh, chapter 5, where uh, music and prayer surround the throne day and night. And we want to be a people of prayer. We feel like God has, has really been Im- impressing on us the need for prayer. And the need need to grow in our prayer language and our prayer lives, and how do we how do we move beyond just ticking off a list of needs for two minutes in the morning and and all of that? And so we're we're encircling that and informing that with our worship, with what we just did for the past forty minutes. We came in and we did sort of a Christian karaoke, and if you're if you're not familiar with that, it's 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 different, it's 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 strange, it's wonderful. We love it and. And and we, we do it a lot around here. But if you're if you're not used to it, you're probably wondering what are we doing. And so we're we're sort of talking about prayer and about singing our prayers and praying our songs and and how that all works together for for us in order to help us to become a people of prayer. And so if you think about the songs that we that we sang, we sang that He's a good good Father, and we want those those words and those those truths deep inside of us when things start to look otherwise. When when God looks anything but good because of the circumstances that we face, we want that song to spring up and, and to echo into our minds. No, wait a minute, he's a good, good father. It's who he is. A lot of times our circumstances and the situations point to other conclusions than that God is good. But we become anchored in the idea that that God is good, and whatever's going on around us, he's just He's good, and, and whatever it looks like on the surface and how things are working out and the trouble that we're facing and, and the things that we're losing, we understand that above all of that, he's, he's good. And so it's a way that that begins to inform our, our prayer life. I just wanna be where you are. I, I, just, I just wanna do what you're doing. I just wanna go where you're going. I just wanna be with you. I just, that's all I want, and so that, that song becomes our prayer. And so as we come together, week in and week out, we're, we're learning and we're informing our prayer lives with the songs that we're singing. Because life will, will tell us that it's different. The world teaches us over and over again that, that there is no such thing as a God who works miracles. That, that this is all there is in this situation, in this circumstance is all that we have and, and it's gonna take us out and so we, we want then to that prayer to spring up, no wait a minute, you are the God of miracles, you're the God that is above my problems, above my needs, you're, you're that God. And so when we come together, we're, we're singing these songs, these songs are prayers and they're informing how, how we enter in and how we pray and so within that context, the Lord is teaching us how to pray and so we're, 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 we're pulling all of this right out of the Lord's Prayer. That's really for us, it's not for him, it's for us. The disciples gathered around him and they said, hey, our lives look different than yours. You seem to pray a lot, could you teach us how to pray? And then he did. And so what we've been doing, as we've been starting off uh, each week, we're, we're gonna rise and read the Lord's Prayer together. Okay, so you can stand up at this point. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you that you do teach us how to pray. Lord, I ask that you come today and that you be present in our midst. Holy Spirit, would you have your way today? Would you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what it is you're saying to us? And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So we're walking through the Lord's Prayer. We talked about the first week, he says, our father, we're praying to a father, a good, good father, we just sang about, and it's who he is, and, and so we're, we're coming to a father, and when we have needs, we, we need to talk to, uh, to God as though he is a good father who loves us, who's in heaven, our father in heaven. We have a heavenly citizenship. If, if, our, if our father is in heaven, that means that, that there's something about our dual citizenship. We're, we're part of this earth, but we're not part of this earth because our Father lives in heaven and his name is holy and so we're praying these things and say, we say, Lord, in your name is healing, in your name is provision, in your name is peace, in your name is rest, in your, these, are, these, these are your names and you wouldn't have named yourself a lie. This is who I'm praying to, this is, this is who I'm, I'm leaning into, this is where I'm running when, when the world begins to crash in around us and then we move into, Lord, would your kingdom, would it just come here? Would your kingdom come here would your will be done here as it is in heaven? Would heaven come here? Would it come closer? Does my situation, do my circumstances look like heaven? It, it doesn't yet. So heaven, would you come? Would your will be done? And so we're praying these things and, and so then the Lord teaches us. He moves into, and so would you give us this day our daily bread, just today, what I need today? Not tomorrow. Jesus goes on in, in Matthew and he says, he says, There's enough to worry about tomorrow. And your Father knows what you need before you ask it. Don't worry about tomorrow, just today. What do I need to get through today? I need peace, I need strength. Lord, would you give me those things? And so as we're coming to the Father, as we're praying, as we're becoming a people of prayer, it's what do we need right this moment? That's how the kingdom works, it comes right on time. And we talked about how much of our prayer life is focused in the year out. In in the next month, and in three months, and in and in ten years, and and we spend so much time praying in ways that we just aren't supposed to pray. Because he says, just worry about today. And then last week we talked about, and so would you forgive us just the way that we forgive other people? Which causes us to pause for a moment. Would you forgive us just the way that I forgive that person that wronged me, an enemy an ex-husband or wife, would you forgive me just the way that I forgive those people? And then that makes me go, ooh, actually, could you forgive me a lot better than that? <laughs> and then we begin to say, wait a minute, so am I offering, am I offering forgiveness like you're offering forgiveness? And am I, am I cutting off this flow of forgiveness and mercy? And we, we talked about how we need to be a people of forgiveness, and then if we have unforgiveness, don't come to the altar with your gifts and with your worship, go and, and make amends, that's what he tells us to do. And so, we, we asked last week a, a pretty scary prayer, at the end we said, Lord, who, who do we need to forgive? And if you're anything like me, he, he, he gave me a pretty big list of people that I need to begin to forgive. This is how he's teaching us to pray. This informs our prayer life. This is how we're to function. As believers, this is for all the believers, if you want to pray, pray this way. And he could have put anything in there. And so then this week he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that's a really interesting verse. Currently, it's it's under a lot of debate on whether or not we should actually pray that. Uh, in the news recently there's there's a debate with, with heads of the different churches going, surely that can't mean that, and maybe we should we should change uh, what, what it says because God doesn't tempt, right? And so we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be praying this. And so it's we come in an interesting time. And while those things are under review, I have good news. This is not a new debate. I was doing research for this, and I came across uh, a sermon on this topic by Charles Spurgeon. And he begins to say, now, I know a lot of people are trying to change this text, and it's like he's speaking right now to today, and, and he gives a pretty harsh rebuke the way only Spurgeon could do. So this isn't a new thing, it's just a now thing. Because it is a strange concept that we're praying to God to not lead us to temptation. And so the question becomes, wait a minute, is is God the one that's responsible for all of this? Is God the one that's making me sin? Is, is Is this God's fault that I'm here? And those questions will come, and those questions are helped by the evil one that we're supposed to pray for deliverance from. But in a short answer to the question, does God tempt us to sin, is no, just flat out no. And James offers clarity to this. In James chapter one, verse 13, he says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So that's a pretty clear answer to the question is where is all these temptations coming from? James speaks pretty clearly that it isn't God who is tempting us. It's interesting too that God can't tempt us because he can't be tempted. It's almost as though God can't give what he doesn't have. And he can't be tempted, so he's not going to tempt us. And so then we wonder, well, what, what is temptation in the first place? Like, what are we talking about here? I think it's a, it's a valid question. And so the scriptures answer that in this prayer. It's temptation to sin. It's an enticement to commit sin. That's why he says, but deliver us from the evil one." So God doesn't tempt us, but somehow we're to pray, don't lead us into that temptation, which is still a strange concept. One I think we can find clarity from if we we look at Jesus and we look at his life, if you go to Mark, or sorry, uh, Matthew uh, chapter four, verse one, this is right after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and he comes out and then it says this, it says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led into temptation. Jesus, thankfully, overcame that temptation. And we know the story. He's he's in the the wilderness for 40 days and without food and without drink and the evil one comes to him and begins to entice and tempt to lead him astray. But it it was actually God's spirit that led him there in the first place. And so because of that, experiencing that, Jesus says, you're not gonna wanna do that. You're gonna wanna ask him to not do that. Paul says it like this. I think he explains it pretty well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So this is Jesus and he's instructing us how to pray and and he's telling us, listen, God can and will sometimes lead you into a place that allows, that opens you up for the evil one to tempt you. But he will provide a way out just as, as Jesus was able to overcome, so we can overcome temptation. But the smart play is to not get there in the first place. And this is what Jesus is, is teaching us in, in how to do this prayer. And In thinking about this and, and going over this, I was talking to my wife, uh, Sarah, about this this week. I mean, it's, an, it's a really interesting concept. And the more that I sit with people, the more people I know, The more pastoral counseling I do, the more I actually realize that this whole idea of being being led into temptation and and succumbing to temptation and and all of that is really the root of a lot of our problems. Most people that find themselves in terrible situations are there, not all people, but but a lot of people are there primarily out of their own doing. It's a series and a string of bad decisions, of, of succumbing to temptation, of beginning to to give in to to the desires of the flesh, and and it's one bad decision after the next bad decision, and before you know it, they're at the bottom. And usually when people hit bottom, it's actually a great thing. If you've ever been around a a drug drug or alcohol abuser, uh, you know like, like everyone's sitting around waiting for bottom. That's when change happens. It's at rock bottom. And there's times that you're sitting with people and you're trying to counsel and, and really in your heart, you know, this one's gonna have to learn the hard way. And so often, I think we all are learning things the hard way. I mean, just think about like how many times you've made decisions that, that were, were gratifying something other than what God was leading you into, what God was, was asking you to do. And then those decisions snowball. And a week, a year later, you're in the middle of a situation that is a lot from your own doing and then you begin to cry out, oh God, would you deliver me? And Jesus is telling us here, like you can pray for another way. There's an easy way and a hard way. But if you're anything like me, we just have to learn the hard way. I just, I just always seem to have to hit my head against the wall before I learn I don't have to hit my head against the wall. Because God's desire is that we move from glory to glory, that we, that we go into a further holiness, that we become holy like he's holy, right? And that's what God is, is wanting to do for us. He's wanting for us to be transformed into the image of Christ. Scriptures call this sanctification, becoming saint like. And when God's goal is for our purification and sanctification, I promise you, He will get it one way or the other. Because we're His children. And He wants good things for us. You see, we have to understand what sin is. Like, what is sin? When we say being tempted to sin, I mean, what does that even mean, right? Sin is essentially anything that allows us the fruit of the cross without the cross. Anything that allows us the the things that we receive from from Christ without Christ. It was the way that the serpent tempted man in the garden was "Do do you want to be like God? Then all you have to do is Disobey. Do it your own way, out of your own strength. And so many times we, we we look for what can only be gotten from God through other means. We we look for security from our savings. We look for joy from something that's fleeting. The answer to our loneliness. In, in relationships, this is what we do. And we try to fill all of these needs and desires that really only originate from God with everything else. And we go to comfort food rather than the comforter. But the way sin works, Hebrews 11 tells us is that actually sin kind of works for just a season, just a really short season. That comfort food actually works the first time. But but we continue to move and and eat our emotions or drink our emotions or sleep with our emotions. We're going after those things in order to fill the hole and the void that we have. And while the meal is good, in the beginning, bite by bite, it's working against us. And if every day we're managing our worries and our anxiety and our stress with comfort food, then before you know it, we're going to be very uncomfortable. If, if we're drinking every day in order to manage something, if we're, if we're whatever it is to manage, it's gonna work against us. But we're, we're short term people. It's hard for us to think in long term Time. And so in the short term, things work. It works. But if you take food for example, like you, you continue to eat poorly and you continue to live the life of I, I don't feel good, I, I wanna just sit here, I just wanna escape, I wanna, I wanna Netflix all day and I wanna order in, and, and you can do that. And it'll be a really great Saturday. You'll enjoy it. But if you do that on Sunday, And on Monday, and on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, you may be in the hospital by Friday. You can only consume so much pizza. And it starts working against you. And so it is with sin. Sin works for just a moment. And then once you begin to take that in, it begins to kill you. The wages of sin are death. It leads to death. And God's desire is that we have life and life to the full. But we're we're an instant gratification people. That's what we do. And we can have anything we want whenever we want. And we do. And we can be led by our flesh, by our own desires, into a place of temptation. And so Jesus knows what it's like to be 40 days in the wilderness with no food or drink and to be tempted with everything that he had to go through. The enemy tempted Jesus with the world. And he came to save the world, right? And so he could have gone that direction without the cross. But the cross is the better way, it's the only way. Joy is from the Lord. Where are you getting your joy? Comfort is from the comforter. Where are you getting your comfort? Where are you turning to? And so Jesus says, in order to pray, in order to have your prayers informed, in order to begin, like you're supposed to begin your prayers with this whole idea and start your day, Lord, today, please don't lead me into temptation. Don't put me into a position, I know I'm weak. Remember yesterday, the thing I just asked forgiveness for? I'm weak, could you keep me from that? And then what it becomes is it becomes a prayer that we read about in the Psalms. It's uh, it's Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. The psalmist writes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see is there any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. See, we're we're actually learning how to pray, God, where, where in my heart do I have places that would succumb to temptation? Where am I not trusting your provision and your goodness? Would you show me those places and then could we go through a repentance and, and forgiveness and and a healing, and can you be the one that begins to meet my needs? And and could you could you just search anything inside of me? Is there any place inside of me that I'm running to things to fill that only you can fill? Where are those places? We can do the easy way or the hard way. And God will continue to work us and form us, just like clay in a potter's hand, into the image that he desires, and we can do that an easy way or a hard way. Don't lead me into the temptation, Lord. I I can't go there today. I'm weak today. I don't have a lot. And I'm worried that I don't have what it takes to withstand. So then would you search me? Where am I getting gratification? Where am I going to? And the question is, is that have you ever done that? Have you ever asked the Lord, where are the places inside of me that you need to fix? Where are the places in my heart that I still am holding on to? Where, where are the things in my life that I need to change? It's a prayer that he really loves to answer. And if you begin to pray it, if you begin to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like I'm not gonna pretend that I'm already all together, that I'm a, a super Christian. There's places in my heart that I don't recognize. There's things in my heart that I haven't dealt with you yet. Would you begin to bring those up and, and to show me what you have for me? It's a good prayer. And when we do that, he delivers us from the evil one and he he rescues us in an attempt and then we begin to get our joy from Jesus. We begin to get our goodness from God. We begin to get all of those things that we've tried all those different ways, we begin to go to the source. And he shows us and he shapes us. And he begins to form us then into his image and his likeness. And so we're praying, God, Forgive me as I forgive those who have hurt me. Show me those people that I haven't forgiven. Begin to transform me, begin to shape my life, begin to move me into that. Would you change me? Would you help me? Would you begin to to move me into a deeper level of your love? And we're, we're praying that every day. Where in my heart am I not trusting you today? What is stealing my joy today? And how can I combat that? And we can begin to be delivered from the evil one. And so we, we talk about this and it seems ethereal sometimes. But I had, I had a really interesting conversation uh, with Howie before he passed. And we, uh, I was at his house and How have been a believer for years and years and years and years and years? And only recently had the Lord shown him that there were still places in his life that he had to deal with. That he was still doing things that he shouldn't have done and that that there was still work yet to be done and we all have work to be done. And so he, he was talking to me about like in the fall, like he realized there were all these different things that he needed to take care of with the Lord. And so he had spent month after month in prayer and and fasting and, and leaning into scriptures and, and saying, Lord, okay, I want to be I want to be delivered from this. Would you deliver me from these patterns that I've lived over and over again? He began to see the weight of different things. And so as we as we sat together right before he went in the hospital, I think it was a week before he passed, he told me that the past month has been the freest he's ever been in his whole life. That it had happened. He said, I don't know what happened, but it's happened. I've been delivered. And he was walking in a faith that was more rich than anything that he'd ever experienced up until that point. And it's a picture of what we're to be. That each day we're supposed to greet the day with what else? What else do I need to give up? What else do I need to do? Who else do I need to forgive in order to be more like you, to be where you are? Because Jesus, you're here, like I know you're here, and you're not doing what I'm doing right now. So what are the things that I'm doing that are keeping me from being with you? Now this isn't a salvation thing. This is a sanctification thing. This is us being transformed into his image. So as we close today, I think that's the the prayer. And if you haven't prayed it before, I will promise you, it is a scary thing to pray. Search my heart. You may have to ask forgiveness from someone that you've wronged. You may have to make uncomfortable phone calls. I was with a, a, a lady a couple, maybe a year ago, and she prayed that prayer And she was praying that prayer. And she doesn't go here. She's a part of another congregation. And the Lord showed her a place that years ago she had stolen. And instead of sweeping it under the rug anymore, the Lord said, you need to make that right. And so she went through this embarrassing, awkward, it can be hard to follow Jesus. Do you know that? But the end is really good. Good. And so the prayer then is, would you just, would you search me? Know all my anxiety. Know everything that's causing me harm so that I'm not led into temptation, but as the psalmist puts it, so that you can lead me into righteousness. If we're gonna be led somewhere, it's towards righteousness. So we're gonna stand and we're going to sing a prayer and begin to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, would you search my heart? Would you bring to mind those places that I don't trust you, those places that I'm not believing you? And then, and then what you do is you go back to the last verse, would you forgive us? This is what it means to live a life of repentance, to be constantly dialoguing with the Lord through the Holy Spirit, Where do I need to change? What do I need to change? How can I be more like you? And then afterwards, we're gonna come back up. We'll have some time for ministry. So Holy Spirit, we do ask that you search us. Where are those places that we haven't given to you? would you begin to speak to us? Lord, we we just want to be where you are. We want to do what you do. We want our hands to be free to do the work that you have ahead of us, our hearts to be pure in order to receive what you have for us. And then, Lord, those things that are coming to mind, would you help us? Would you deliver us from those? Would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? Would you keep us close to you? For all upcoming events for more information about the National Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening and we hope you have a great day.